Now, hear the good news and be not afraid. Good morning. Welcome to Be Not Afraid, Iowa Catholic Radio. Father P.J., good morning. Good morning, Father. Let us begin in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, who with untold mercy were pleased to choose as an apostle St. Matthew, the tax collector granddad, sustained by his example and intercession, we, we may merit to hold firm in following you. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. And the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. One, one of the very interesting questions when we're talking about uh, apostles, it's uh, the meaning of the word apostle. Yes. But what is the meaning in a theological and a spiritual manner for all our audience to understand following Jesus Christ? So, in the Gospels, two different words get used to refer to different groups of followers of Jesus, and these words still have really kind of vital or potent meaning today. And those words are disciple and apostle. Uh-huh. Uh, disciple is pretty easy to see in, in English today. This is where the word discipline comes from. So a disciple is a student. It literally means one who is zealous after. But it's like a, a, a so, so you, we, we'd almost call like a fanboy or something, right? But like somebody who's who's really really committed, right? Um, uh, somebody who gives themselves over to a, a discipline. Think like a a PhD candidate uh, at university, that kind of thing. They've they've made this thing their whole life, right? An apostle is a bit of a different thing. Apostle um, uh, is where we get the word post, uh, like like the mail. So uh-huh. the, the postal service is apostola. Um, because it's what sends. So an apostle is one who is sent. So a disciple is one who studies, an apostle is one who is sent. So there is a kind of natural hierarchy here. One has to disciple before one can be an apostle. One has to have discipline before one can be sent. Um, but, but each of us in our own spiritual lives is called both to be a disciple of Jesus, that is to be a student of his and of his life and of his work, um, and at the same time, we're all sent out on mission in view of our baptism. Different kinds of mission for different people. And the apostolic ministry, in a sort of formal, proper way, belongs properly to the, to the bishops, of course. But, um, but each of us is called to the work of the apostolate, that is, to be sent out to change the world. It's very interesting how you mentioned that. Also, the Holy Father used apostolic letter. Mm-hmm. Apostolic letter. That means also in terms of hierarchy. Yeah. Sending by the bishop. So apostolic letters or apostolic exhortations are those that are sent, and they're sent in view of the apostle's office. So in that case, in view of the, the Holy Father. Moving into the more Christian context, that means even if the, the bishop, the seminarian, the priest, the lay people, most following Jesus Christ himself, that kind of discipline in a spiritual manner make the person follower. Yeah, that's right. So it's, and this is where our own categories, um, the categories of thought we're used to thinking in maybe aren't always the best to try and make sense of this stuff. So it's true that like in a chronology, one is a disciple before one's an apostle. You can't be sent before you've received, right? Correct. But um, but that doesn't mean apostles are, like, better than disciples or that you, like, level up from being a disciple to being an apostle. And, like, the goal is to kind of rank up or something like that. It, it, it is rather – think about it in terms of the lives of the great saints. Um, one of the things I always point people to to try and get this right is that most of the saints 
that we refer to as being of a place are not from that place. Okay. So, for example, Mother Teresa of Calcutta is from Albania. She's not from India. Not from India, right. She was sent to India. So, apostolically, she was sent to India. And there she became sort of a person of India. But she, she's not a native Indian. She's an Albanian, right? I see. St. Patrick, my, my patron, of Ireland. Patrick of Ireland. Not from Ireland. <laughs> they argue about whether he's from England or Scotland. That might be interesting. But, but not from Ireland. Right, so apostles, and a lot of in the early church, apostle of a place was a was a kind of an honorific given to saints that had missioned in particular territories. Um, they're never from that place; they're always sent there from the outside. It's very interesting your comments, Father, because in in the case of Ignatius of Loyola, when mm -hmm. he sent and San Francis Xavier to to Japan, mm -hmm. was an, a completely adventure. It's not only outside of our comfort zones; it's also mission itself. So that means a great inspiration for San Francis, uh, San Ignatius in this in, in this case, because send with the confidence that I go in, in the name of Jesus Christ, obviously obedient to my superior. You know, St. Ignatius is an interesting example this way, simply because um, obviously the Jesuits become great missionaries, um, but they uh, they by the time of St. Ignatius, this is just how time changes things, right? Uh -huh. So so Ignatius Loyola. Like, um, last names had become surnames or last names by this point in history. The same thing's true of St. Thomas Aquinas. So by the time you get to Thomas, um, Thomas de Aquino, like, we, we, we actually know people with the last name Aquino today, right? And it just right. means they're from that place, right? Right. And so, um, so, 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 so there are people who, it, Francis of Assisi is actually from the town of Assisi. Um, so it's not that these people are never from that place. And everybody comes from somewhere, right? But in terms of mission, the church is constantly sending people out. Um, and, 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 there, and there's a, a powerful dynamic when the faith first comes to a place between sort of the first and the second generation, the missionaries who come and the first generation of those who receive and, and are able to to make the faith their own and transform maybe some of the The, the cultural usages to make them make more sense to the people uh, to, to the people that they know that they know better because they know the culture from the inside while the missionary is always in a certain way coming in from the outside right um, but that when this works right um, both the missionary is transformed to be more like the people he or she is serving and the people are transformed as they grow more and more into the likeness of Christ it's, it's very nice how you mentioned that we, we probably we need to enlighten a couple couple points one It's the mission is not only obedience by obedience based on your intellectual capab capability, also including spiritual docility, mm. but based on the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ himself, you know? That word you just used, Father, is critically important. I preach on it all the time. Um, but I am really convinced that the great vice of our age is curiosity. Um, not curiosity like Curious George, but, but the vice of curiosity is wanting to know things that aren't mine to know or out of order or that kind of thing. It's the vice of the Internet. Most of what gets, gets people into tr trouble on the Internet is, oh, that looks interesting, click. Oh, that looks interesting, click. Oh, that looks interesting. Well, that's none of that's none of your business, <laughs> right? Correct. Um, whereas the virtue of docility isn't passive. It's very active, but it's I situate myself in a position around people that I can trust who will form me into the man or woman God has called me to be. 
Iowa Catholic Radio, Binada Freight. Hello, this is Steve Ray. Join me in Iowa Catholic Radio on the journey of a lifetime with a Footprints of God pilgrimage to the Holy Land, November 11th through the 20th, 2023. We'll visit the places where our Lord performed miracles, including the Mount of Transfiguration, the Wedding Church in Cana, Tabga, where Jesus multiplied the loaves and fish, and of course, the Holy Sepulchre. The scriptures will come alive as I offer expert teaching along the way like I always do. Visit iowacatholicradio.com for all the details. Monsignor Frank Bignano here. It's time to save the dates for the 2022 Christ Our Life Catholic Conference, Saturday and Sunday, September 24 and 25 at Wells Fargo Arena in Des Moines. If you can't join us in person, live stream it. Once again, the conference offers a world-class lineup of speakers, the Holy Mass, incredible music, reconciliation, and adoration. Go to ChristOurLifeIowa.com for tickets and information. The 2022 Christ Our Life Catholic Conference, ChristOurLifeIowa.com. Welcome back to Binada Freight, Iowa Catholic Radio. Father PJ, in the same context that we had been talking about discipleship and followers as well, today the Holy Mother of the Church commemorates St. Matthew. Mm-hmm. Very interesting guy, you know? Very yeah. interesting person. Especially in the context, a little bit extreme, charity versus... Uh, uh, luxury life, we may I say that, you know? You know, I think Matthew's story is is a compelling one um, and has been throughout the church's history because we always struggle, and I think this is this is just a feature of, like, I don't know, human socialization or something. Um, groups struggle with insiders and outsiders. Um, Matthew's gospel is clearly written against this background of insider-outsider struggle in the Jewish community. Um, but Matthew himself is is very aware of this and sensitive towards it um, because of his own experience having been ostracized as a Jew by other Jews. As a Jew by the Jews. Wow. And so, so, so because of the profession that he held, right, Matthew, um, Matthew was a tax collector. Tax collectors were seen as uh, collaborators with the oppressive government of Rome. And so his people rejected him, right? Um, so, so he, he, you know, the Jews were already on the outs in the Roman Empire, and now Matthew is a Jew who's on the outs with the other Jews. So, like, nobody likes him. He's neither fish nor fowl. Um, you know, the Chosen series that has become so popular uh, of late, um, which I know many of our listeners have watched, um, you know, they kind of imagine Matthew as this sort of um, autistic person. Like, there's maybe there's even a, uh, a cognitive or processing difficulty that makes, him, makes it hard for him to relate to other people. That's an imaginative license. There's no special reason to think that might be the case. But, but, but it's not a bad move. It's, it's, I think, a good, useful, artistic move to right. get at, you know, what, what, what gets people into these places are not often what we'd expect. And it becomes very, very easy to judge people, um, to judge people for their choices when we haven't had to make those choices ourselves. That is very wise how you mentioned at the end your comment that not uh – accurate in terms of the Christian to just in an prompted judge about certain circumstances. But at the same time, it's very interesting how we can make a speculation in terms of politics from Jesus when he chose this kind of person to create and express the mercy of God as well. Because at the first moment, how a tax collector can be part of that Jesus thing? How is part of this conversion in these kind of people, you know? Also, it's a, it's a message between, between lives, you know? 
You know, I think um, I, I know that you and I encounter this uh, a great deal in pastoral ministry, but um, most of our parishes, certainly those that have any degree of poverty, um, we've got ex-drug dealers and ex-prostitutes or sex workers. We've got people that have been involved in all kinds of criminal activity but have turned their lives around, which is why they're at church. But like Matthew experienced with with Jesus, like when he first comes back, people aren't really sure about him. Yeah. They can't be sure the conversion's real. They don't trust him. There's a kind of a, a, a natural distance. And what Jesus does, right, is he closes that gap. He doesn't allow for the distance. And he doesn't even uh, wait for the other person to come to him. He reaches out to bring them back sort of into the fold, into the body. Um, and that, of course, is is the disposition or the orientation we're all meant to have. I'd much rather be accused um, of, of, of of being too soft on sinners or, 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 or hanging out with people that a priest shouldn't or something and actually get the, the sinner to convert rather than be accused of, of, of being too puritanical and so not being willing to have anything to do to do with people that are still struggling with sin. Yes, and it's, and I, I mean, call my attention that uh, probably people that have been living some struggles in terms of uh, food or housing, things like that, looking that kind of, this, of decisions from, from Jesus said, we need this money, we need to figure it out this. But at the same time, when uh, a lot of sins is abundant, at the same time, the grace came from God. That kind of scenario, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, where sin abounds, grace abounds the more. The apostle yeah. says, right, and that and that's not an accident. So that what we're all trying to do here, because the irony here, right, is the people that get all bent out of shape over this, it's not like they're sinless. So what they say is, well, like, yeah, okay, Father, I might struggle with gossip and miss mass when I'm on vacation, but that can't be nearly as big a deal as what that person's dealing with. Well, I. That's not actually clear. <laughs> and and given the state of your soul right now, I, I actually put pretty, pretty solid money. It's not clear, right? Right. Um, that's not the right disposition. And it's also not, frankly, for most of us. You know, I've had to deal with this recently in my own parish. Um, uh, it's simply not most of our obligations. It's certainly not any of our obligations to rid the world of every error that exists. And it's simply not our business to run around correcting everybody all the time. There are people in the community that are meant to do that. So, like, the, the, the pastors at the church have a special obligation to, to, to correct and admonish the sinner. But um, if you see something and don't know what's going on, the better disposition, the better play is just ask questions. Don't come out with a ruler. On speculations right. as well. And interesting, St. Matthew is the patron of accountants, bankers, bookkeepers, customs officers, security guards, stockbrokers, tax collectors. Interesting. Yeah. Well, so you you know you know the saints play off of their natural gifts even in their supernatural care, <laughs> and so it makes sense that a tax collector would be the patron saint of IRS agents. Also, it's an invitation in this day to do something good for the people in terms to improving their condition. Not necessarily extraordinary or exuberant generosity, but at least be part of those kind of suffering circumstances. Yeah, you know, uh, Matthew was one who was reached out to, and so it is only right then that we should reach out ourselves. Uh, and so, you know, the the other thing I think uh, is important for uh, our readers to remember, right, is that St. Matthew's Gospel, um, the, the other Gospels uh, are are d- connected to those. So the, the, the tradition here, right, is that 
Mark's gospel is fundamentally derived from the preaching of St. Peter, and Luke's gospel is fundamentally derived from the preaching of St. Paul. Uh, now, how exactly that happened and when they were all written down and whatever is the reason we have Bible scholars to fight over things. <laughs> but Matthew, right, is, is, is somebody who was there for, for most of it himself, right? And so he has these deep encounters with the Lord personally, and at times they seem to even leap off of the page, which is why I think it's Matthew's version of the Beatitudes that sticks in all of our heads. It's Matthew's version of the Lord's Prayer that sticks in all of our heads. It's Matthew's version of, uh, of the Last Supper that, uh, that most closely parallels the, our liturgical text. There's not an accident here, right? He's got a, a place yeah. in, the, in the popular imagination of the church, um, which helps, I think, kind of connect the dots and connect us more fundamentally to what has gone before. Iowa Catholic Radio, be not afraid. At Intervisions Healthcare, we see patients with unplanned pregnancies from ages 12 to 43. An unplanned pregnancy is traumatic at any age. For that reason, we specialize in educating, encouraging, and empowering vulnerable and at-risk mothers facing an unexpected pregnancy with the medical information and services necessary for them to make an informed decision. For more information on the free medical services at Intervisions Healthcare or to support our mission or become a volunteer, visit IVHcare.org. Whatever happened to the modern world? Hi, this is Cy Kellett, host of Catholic Answers Live. Join me on Saturday, December 10th at the Embassy Suites downtown for Iowa Catholic Radio's Dinner in December. I'll be speaking about what we can do to help recover a modern world fit for people. Plus, enjoy a fabulous meal and fellowship with your Iowa Catholic Radio family. Register today at iowacatholicradio.com, iowacatholicradio.com. And I'll look forward to seeing you on December 10th in downtown Des Moines. Welcome back to Be Not Afraid, Iowa Catholic Radio. So this coming Sunday, we have an, a, an, a very interesting and a very contextual gospel that enlightens our journey. It's from St. Luke, chapter 16, verses 19 to 31. Jesus said to the Pharisees, There was a rich man who dressed in purple garments and fine linen, and dined supposedly each day. And lying at his door was a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who would gladly have eaten his fill of the crabs that fell from the rich man's table. Dogs even used to come and lick his sores. When the poor man died, he was cried away by angels to the bosom of Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried, and from the netherworld, where he was in torment, he raised his eyes and saw Abraham far off, and Lazarus at his side. And he cried out, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am suffering torment in these flames. Abraham replied, My child, remember that you received what was good during your lifetime while Lazarus likewise received what was bad. But now he is comforted here, whereas you are tor tormented. Moreover, between us and you, a great chance is established to prevent anyone from crossing who might wish to go, from our side to yours, or from your side to ours. He said, Then I beg you, Father, send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, 
lest they too come to this place of torment. But Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. He said, Oh no, Father Abraham, but if someone from the dead goes, to them they will repent. Then Abraham said, If they will not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be pursued if someone should rise from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. It's so crude, this piece of the Gospel, especially in the context that we're talking about, the Matthew experience as a tax collector, and also when, when we're looking for the word taxes in terms of our Christian life, we're looking for not a friendly word, may I say that. Mm. Yeah, so impuestos, right? Impuestos. So it's so um, impuesto is the Spanish word for tax, but it's it like it it carries the notion of like an imposition. Imposition. Um, you know, in English, when we're very tired, like when you're exhausted, you might say, "I'm taxed." I'm taxed. Okay. Um, yeah, be, because it's something is being drawn out of you. Um, you know, I think the 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 story of Lazarus and the rich man, or the tradition calls this person Dives. Dives isn't a name; it's just the Greek word for rich dude. But, but the but 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 the story of Lazarus and Dives, right, um, uh, highlights several things that I think are important for our listeners to pick up on. One of the most important of which is, um, uh, it, it shows that in the in the imagination of the Jews and the Christian, the early Christians, when the gospel is written, um, the afterlife is a lot more complicated. Than the kind of heaven hell situation that, uh, that that that's typically proposed by Protestants. So this is this is not a proof text, but it's a place to appeal to to show like no, like there's a certain amount of intercommunication that goes on here even after death. Um, the second and obviously more poignant point of the story, right, has to do with care of the poor, and that and and that the way we do or don't care for the poor actually will affect our eternal destiny, um, and often not in ways that we like. Right. The um, the, you know, the, the other thing that I think is important, sort of, to listen to here, right, is that the, the last line, obviously, is there is the zinger, right? If they haven't listened to Moses and the prophets, neither will be will they be persuaded, even should someone rise from the dead. Now, this is obviously a kind of the gospel is clearly being written after the resurrection, um, so it's a kind of poke at the Jews who have not believed because of the resurrection. But it's also uh, a, a kind of a recognition um, that Moses and the prophets are preparatory, but they're not really the point. The point is the one who is risen from the dead. Right. That's what will ultimately convince or fail to convince everybody. Thanks, very God, you mentioned that clearly, Father, because when we read this piece of the gospel, we're looking for the word mercy. Mm-hmm. What is the mercy of God acting to this gospel? And the first scenario is, at the first time of your life, you have everything to choose, mm-hmm. but you decide one side that in this case is not applicable for compassion and mercy. And let it on happen that these men try to represent in a mercifully manner, please let them know, let them know that th- this, is, this is worse. And at the same time, we said, wow, conversion is individual right. and by your own will decision. So the so the word mercy right um, uh, comes to us. It's a long, complicated etymology here, right? But like misericordia, right? To to suffer in the heart, or to suffer with another person, mm-hmm. um, closely related to the English word compassion, to suffer with, 
right? Um, this is really important because, uh, because of course, what, what's gone on here, right, is that Lazarus has suffered in life and now is being rewarded in death. Now, he's not being rewarded because he suffered, but he's being rewarded in a way that, that the rich man is not. Um, and that, and the rich man is being made to suffer for what he's done in life. So Lazarus's reward isn't, it, it, this isn't just a flip of justice, right? So that, you know, y- you get to be rich when you're dead because you were poor when you were alive. It is rather that you're, you, um, you receive what is your due in death based on how you've acted in life. It could be rich people that wind up in the same place that Lazarus does because they were generous with the poor. But the, but, but the reason the mercy bit matters, right, is because, um, you know, what the rich man is saying is Lazarus, in a certain sense, come suffer with me, misery me, right? Give, give me mercy, which is going to cause you to lower yourself. Lazarus isn't in a position to do this, but God is. Wow. So in order for God to do it, he has to take on human flesh, which means he will die and rise from the dead. So that the greatest act of mercy ultimately is the incarnation, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus himself. Before to ending our program today, let us uh, send a special blessing prayer. In the passion of the Lord Jesus and the merits and prayers of the Blessed Virgin and all the saints, grant that whatever good you do or suffering you endure, heal you all your sins, help you grow in holiness, and bring you to everlasting life, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Iowa Catholic Radio, be not afraid. Be not afraid. On Iowa Catholic Radio, Jesus is on the way to encounter you. Go forward and be not afraid.